0: Welcome to uh, part six of our Thrive series, Thriving at Work. Um, today we are in, in the concluding part of the series, so the series comes to an end today actually, and we are looking at excellence at work, excellence at work, regardless of what you do. Today, by the grace of God, God will empower you to, to work with Excellence, because we we know that excellence glorifies God and inspires people. When we deliver excellence at work, we glorify our God. We bring glory to God, our Maker, our King, and we inspire people. People look at us and they and they are like, um, I want to serve God like that person. I want to be a professional like that person. I want to, if, if God can use that person, if that person can be. Um, the captain of his industry, whatever industry you are in, I mean, then that means I can be. So, excellence glorifies God and inspires people. And we, of all people, Christians, we should do our best at work. I believe that God wants us to set the standard for work. At work, they should look at you and feel that is the standard. For excellence and God expects this from us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 if you look at your notes um, that's our uh, text Matthew five sixteen, the word of God says let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your father in heaven that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So, excellence glorifies God and inspires inspires men. The truth is that the quality of our work is a reflection of our faith. In fact, the greatest um, testimony of your faith is the quality of your work. We, we said in God's favorite house that this year... We do anything and everything apart from sinning to connect people to God. Now, to achieve that, one of the best ways of achieving it is if it's, we are excellent at work. When you're excellent at work, that's the greatest witness you can ever have because you're a witness at work. And, and the example is um, given here in your outline is the example of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel 6.3, the Word of God says that Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators how? By his exceptional qualities. By his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole realm. It's fascinating. Daniel was a prisoner of war. And in no time, he distinguished himself by his exceptional qualities. Another student you know, says that because he had an excellent spirit, because Daniel had an excellent spirit, you know, there's a saying that's, that goes, you can't keep a good man down. It's, it's not important where you start from. If you have an excellent spirit, you will rise and become all that God has created you to be. And I pray that the excellent spirit of God will rest upon you, in Jesus' name, that you will be it will be said of you that because of your exceptional qualities, you were preferred and set above the whole, the whole kingdom. So, how to excel at work? The people who excel, what do they do? There are five things we are going to look at today on how to excel at work. The people that excel at work, what do they have in common what do they do what does the bible teaches us about the people that excel at work number 1 the people that excel at work work with enthusiasm you can write that down they work with enthusiasm that is they are passionate about their work they they give their all they give their life they when you when you see them working you are not Confused whether they love what they do or not. Because it is glaring that they are into what what they do. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The Phillips translation, Colossians 3, 23. The word of God says that whatever your task is, put your whole heart and soul into it. As work done for the Lord and not Merely for men. So, God is saying to you and I that whatever your task is, whatever your work is, whatever your assignment is, put your whole heart, put your whole soul into it. And, you know, because God doesn't want you to work half-heartedly regardless of what you do. In in spite of what you do, you could say, oh, but pastor, um, um, my work is just to teach children. Of course, that is an assignment from God. You could say, oh, I'm an engineer. Of course, that's an assignment from God. Oh, you could say, I'm a medical doctor. Of course, that's an assignment from God. Whatever your work is, you could say, oh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. I'm not in the ministry. You don't have to be in the ministry to be serving God. Whatever your work is. The Word of God says, do it with all your heart and soul. Put your whole heart and your soul into, into it. Show business, for instance. There's a, there's a saying in show business that, uh, that is in, in Hollywood and entertainment business. That no small parts. There are no small parts. There are only small actors. <laughs> there are only small actors. They, they say that great performers give their best effort regardless of the role and the size of the of the audience so great actors they don't say oh i'm not the main actor i'm just on a side role so i'll just give a wishy washy in fact they say how you know great actors is how they act when they have small roles god expects you to put your heart and your soul into your work proverbs 10 26. The Living Bible, Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 10, 26, the Word of God says that a lazy fellow is a pain to his employers, like smoke in their eyes or vinegar that sets teeth on edge. A lazy person is a pain to his employer. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you know this very clearly. I mean, if you have people that are just lazy, they are just a pain. You just want to fire them. Big pain. And I'm praying that you will not be a pain to your employers. In Jesus' name, say amen. There's a joke, I mean, um, that a poll that was taken, and it, 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 it says that there was a problem, and they took a poll. And the problem is that they said that the whole population of that city, that they, they were ignorant, and, and they had apathy. Apathy is like, and, and I don't care, attitude. They they, they are ignorant and and they have apathy. And and to verify the poll, they just walked up to a random man and and they said to the the man that, "Um, this is the result of a poll that was conducted in your city at this time. What do you have to say about it? The guy says, honestly, I don't know anything about this poll and I don't care. (laughs) Obviously, that shows... (laughs) <laughs> that poll is correct but unfortunately that is a story of a lot of people we, 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 a lot of people are ignorant they are ignorant at what they do and, and they, they, they have apathy they, don't, they, they, they couldn't be bothered you know God wants you to be excellent and to be excellent you cannot afford it people who are excellent work with enthusiasm you need to bring your passion on board so the question for you today is that is your passion is your is your lack of passion your lack of effort frustrating your employer is your lack of effort frustrating your boss you can say okay i'm an entrepreneur i don't have an employer question to you is your lack of effort frustrating your customers because your customers are your employers is your lack of effort your lack of going making that effort? Is it frustrating your customers? Proverbs 18.9 Proverbs 18.9 the word of God says that one who is slack in his work is a brother to the one who destroys. The person that is a slacker the Bible says is a brother to the destroyer. In other words, they are one and the same. People that are slacking if you have someone working for you and is a slacker, the person is a destroyer of your resources, of your time, and of your business. Fire him or her. And I hope you are not the slacker as the boss. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, if you look at your outline, you, you, you have, you, there's a rating. I want you to rate yourself on, on your enthusiasm. Your enthusiasm is your creative energy. You know, the energy you bring to work, reach yourself. What is my attitude? To my, what is my enthusiasm level? What is my attitude to work? On a scale of 1 to 10, if you say, I resent work, you're one. Oh, when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I do to go to work again. You're one. If you say, oh, I tolerate work, it's okay. I tolerate it. You're four. If you say I look forward to work, when I wake up, as I open my eyes, bam, I'm ready to go. You are ten. Anywhere in between, rate yourselves. (laughs) So number one, the people who excel, they work with enthusiasm. Number two, the people who excel, they don't only work with enthusiasm. They sharpen their skills. The people that excel sharpen their skills. They are always growing. They are always developing. They are always improving. They are always thinking. They are always adding to themselves. Proverbs twenty-two twenty nine. Proverbs twenty two twenty-nine the word of God says that do you see a man who is skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. People who excel sharpen their skills. Whatever, whatever area you are working in, if if you are working with children, sharpen your skill. If you are if you are a sound engineer, sharpen your skill. If you are a light person, sharpen your skill. If you're a medical doctor, sharpen your skills. If you, whatever you are, whatever area you are working. Sharpen your skill. Take that curse. You know, I can't say this enough. In God's private house, you know, we value continuous learning. Read that book. Listen to that message. Listen to the podcast. Open your mind. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time doing things that are not going to help you. Sharpen your skills. Proverbs 12:11, the Good News Translation. Proverbs 12:11, the Word of God says that it is stupid to waste time on useless projects. It is stupid to waste time on useless projects. In fact, because one of the most important skills is the best use of time, it's how to use your time the, the, the most. That's one of the most important skills you can you can have. Why? Because as we explained um, two weeks ago, your time is all you have and everybody has the same amount of time the poor the rich the middle class everybody has the same amount of, of time how you learn to use your time is one of the best skill if you are some people says oh i'm just killing time you're killing time you're committing suicide yes Oh, I just I just I'm just marking time. Never you will never see me just marking time. You should never be back in time. There should be there should be always there, should always be something you are doing to improve yourself. Praise the Lord. There's a poem on procrastination. And I want to read out. It says, I have gone for a drink and sharpened my pencil. This guy have, came to work. He says, I went to go to work. The first thing he went for a drink. I went for a drink. I sharpened my pencil. I searched through my desk for forgotten utensils. Reset my watch and adjusted my chair. Losing my tie and strengthened my hair. I filled my pen and tested the blotter. Gone for another drink of water. Adjusted the calendar and raise the blinds sorted erasers of different kinds now down to work I can finally sit oops, it's too late it's time to quit and go home that's the poem of the procrastinator get to work and improve your skills, say to your neighbor get to work And improve your skills. Proverbs 28:19. Proverbs 28:19 says that people who waste time will always be poor. When I saw the scripture, (laughs) I was like, I need to get a grip of my time. People, the Bible says, and you see, the word of God is you can't do anything against the word of God. Nothing. People. Who waste time will always be poor. So it's it's not. Listen, if only prayer can make you rich, Nigerian population, in Nigeria will be the richest people in the world because we pray and it's good to pray and we we'll continue to pray. But only prayer is not enough. People who waste time will always be poor. Don't waste time. People say, "Oh, time is money." Don't you know time is money? You see, I've shared with you guys. I mean, two weeks ago at Thrive, that time is more than money. Time. You say time is money. You are reducing time to... In fact, you are downgrading your time. Time is more than money. You can make more money, but you cannot make more time. Money lost can be recovered. Time lost cannot be recovered. Time is more important than money. It is so, 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 so important. While many of us will not um, consider ourselves as thieves, and many of us we actually not steal, but you see, if you don't realize that if you have a fixed working time, Let's say you work per hour or something, whatever. And let's say you work in a bank and you resume at 8 and close at 6. And you are wasting time. You are wasting time on Facebook. You are wasting time chatting with your friend on the instant messenger. You are wasting time. You are actually stealing your employer's time. That's Theft. I know you are shocked. It's okay. (laughs) It's deliverance right away. In Jesus' name, say amen. Proverbs 19.8. The Word of God says in Proverbs 19.8, it says, do yourself a favor. Learn all you can. Then remember what you learn." and you will prosper. I mean, amazing. Sometimes, we don't learn all, all we can. That's the, first, that's the issue we have. We don't learn all we can. God says, learn all you can. But it's not enough to learn all you can. God says, remember what you have learned. Sometimes, we learn a lot of things, but we don't remember. We don't, remember. We don't, do the, we don't put the pressure on our, on our minds to, to sharpen that skill and remember. And if you learn all you can, and you remember what you have learned, the Word of God says, you will prosper. And I pray that you prosper in Jesus' name. So, the second thing the excellent, ex, that excellent people do is sharpen their skills. So, rate yourself. How are my job skills? How are my skills? How are my job skills? If you say, you need to be brutal, yes, cover your notes. to let your never see your scores. It's fine. But you need to be brutal with yourself. What are my job skills? How are my job skills? If you say, oh, pa- Pastor, my job skills, they are obsolete, really. Then you're a one. If you say, oh, I'm learning, you're a five. Yeah, but if I'm learning the five, what is a ten? A ten is I have a developmental plan. I have a plan to develop myself. You attend. Anywhere in between. Greet yourself. Imagine, imagine I come to your office and nobody knows I'm your pastor. And I ask after you, and they say, oh, that lady, oh, that man, that guy is the most skilled person. If you're a software programmer, they say that's our best programmer right there. If you are a, whatever, um, an, an engineer, that's our best guy out there. If you're a project guy, oh, that's our best project manager. I mean, how do you think God will feel? That is one of the greatest testimony you have. And since you owe God, that testimony of your life to reach people for him. And you have to be the best in your field. You have to be the best in your field. I remember when I was a paid appointment, you know, it was I, the time I said to, to myself, and my boss back then was a very good guy. I've been mean, a very sharp guy. I said to myself, I must know more than this guy. In fact, I, um, I have to be his problem solver. <laughs> I have to be. My boss progress over. If you know the guy, that means... And of course, I digged in. In no time. He has an issue. Oh, just give for me. And that became a norm. Praise the Lord. So to excel, you need to Imbibe these things that the people that excel do. Number one, people who excel, they, number one, walk with enthusiasm. Number two, people who excel, they sharpen their skills. Number three, people who excel, excel, they keep their word. They keep their word. They are reliable. They are dependable. They are responsible. You can count on them. And they are rare. Believe me, dependable people are rare. So if you can be dependable, you're on the um, path to rarity, which is obviously the path to excellence. Proverbs 26, the goodness translation, Proverbs 26, the Word of God says, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is But just try to find someone who really is. (laughs) In other words, you just try to find someone who really is. The truth is, reliability beats talent on the long run. On the long run. If you are talented and not reliable, you will not go as far as someone that is not as talented, averagely talented and reliable. The person that's averagely talented and reliable will go further than the person that is super talented and not reliable. In fact, someone said that the greatest ability is dependability. The greatest ability you can have is dependability. dependability. Proverbs 25, 19 Proverbs 25, 19 the Word of God says, depending on on an unreliable person in a crisis is like trying to chew with a loose tooth or walk with a crippled foot. You have to be responsible. You have to be reliable. And people who excel, they keep their word. They are reliable. You can't depend on them. There's this um um uh, joke i heard. i was this young uh, man that was looking for for a job or looking for he was looking for a job and he saw an a big advert that um young responsible man wanted young responsible man wanted good pay you know and and, and the boy um young man went for uh, for the interview and the pay they told him the pay was really good. And, and they said, I mean, young man, why, would, why do you think we should hire you? And, and the, the young boy said, you said that you need a young, responsible man. And here I am. He says, okay, tell me in your last um, jobs how you've demonstrated this. And the young man said, the last three jobs I've had. Every time something goes wrong, and something always goes wrong, and every time it goes wrong, the boss looks at me and says, you are responsible. (laughs) So I'm a young, responsible man. (laughs) Now, some of you will get that on Sunday. I know. But, I mean, that's the story, unfortunately, of some people. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 says, Obey your masters. Obey your masters. Not only when their eye is on you, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. So, obey your masters, not only their eyes are on you. If, if you only walk when the boss is around, or when somebody is, is watching you, then you are, you are not going to be excellent. And that's, God, you want to be excellent? God is saying, obey your masters, even when they are not around, obey your leaders, obey your boss. Even when they are not around, do you have to be supervised to excel? Excellent people require no supervision. Excellent people know that they actually are always being supervised by God. So they don't need prying eyes to supervise them. So re- rate yourself on this third um, um, Attributes of people who excel. Rate yourself. How reliable am I? How reliable am I? If you say, I play when my boss is away, you're one. If you say, I walk, whether he's around or not. and those I work with can always depend on me, you'll return. If you're like, sometimes, you know, it's always good to wrap the bus around so I can sit up, but sometimes I don't need him around, I still do my work. A four, not even in five, a four. And everybody else is somewhere in between. So, people who excel, number one, they work with enthusiasm. Number two, people who excel, they sharpen their skills. Number three, people who excel, they keep their word. They keep their word. Number four, people who excel maintain a positive attitude. They maintain a positive attitude. They don't allow themselves to become negative. People who excel, don't allow themselves to become negative. They maintain a positive attitude. There are a lot of things that can make you negative in the workplace. Oh, believe me, there are a lot. But people that excel always rise above them. They refuse to be negative. Philippians two fourteen and fifteen. It's in your notes. Philippians two fourteen and fifteen. It says, "Do all things without grumbling or arguing." So that you may be blameless, shining like lights in a dark world. Do all things without grumbling and murmuring. How many things should we do without grumbling and murmuring? The things we like, the things that we have to do when we're in a good mood? No, all things. Do all things without grumbling and murmuring and arguing. All things mean all things. means all things. So if you want to stand out in this world, you have to maintain a positive attitude. You know why? The Bible says you' be like light in a dark world. That is why, Because most people have a bad attitude. Most people are that grumbling or arguing complaining. If you have a positive attitude, you rise above them immediately. I mean, if, that's, if you say that's one of my secrets, I refuse to have a negative attitude. Just refuse it. it, it I know it wants, to stick, it wants to stick on you, I mean, and there are some people, they are, they are propagators of, they are like parasites. When they leave your desk, it's like you are struggling with a negative attitude. Refuse to go down that way. Unfortunately, some Christians, I mean, Christians are some of the most obnoxious people at the workplace. It's unfortunate. But that would not be our story in God's favorite house. Some Christians are so irritating. They are negative. They are cranky. God wants you to be above. And for you to be above, you have to maintain a positive attitude. There are four types of complainers at the workplace. There are four types of complainers. There the, you have the whiners. The whiners, you know, you know what their favorite phrase is? It's not fair. Have you heard that before? Oh, it's not fair. Oh, how come I'm not the one oh, how come they give all of you chocolates, and I didn't get chocolates. It's not fair. How come you all had three chocolates, and I have one. It's not fair. Everybody gets a break. Oh, I don't get a break. It's not fair. Their motto is, Rise and (laughs) wine," Not rise and shine. Rise and whine. They're whiners. Then you, you have those that are mothers, and their favorite verse is, No one appreciates me. No one appreciates me. When they don't get their way, they throw a pity party. When they are under pressure, everybody must know. Everybody must know they are under pressure. Everybody must know the kind of work they are doing. And when you don't know, they will make sure they frustrate your work so that you appreciate what they are doing. Complainer number two. Complainer number three the cynics. Their favorite phrase, the favorite phrase of the cynic is nothing will ever change. It's always been like that. It will always be like that. And time, from time in my memorial and forevermore. They don't believe in putting in the extra effort. Why? Because, well, it's okay. Nothing will ever change. Then, of course, you have the perfectionist. The perfectionist is... <laughs> No matter what you do, they, their favorite phrase is, is that the best you can do? You, you never, they never say you've done a good job. They never say, well done. They never say, they just, is that the best you can do? They are unpleasable. Nothing is ever good enough. I know some of you are surprised that perfectionists are complainers. They are complainers. God says in his word, to be excellent, stay positive. To be excellent, do what? Stay positive. In fact, you're saying, what if my boss is, is frustrating me? What if he's the bad guy here? What if he's the, he's the one that has a, a bad attitude? You know, like somebody asked the other time, what if the boss is the one that is doing the gossip? You know, remember at two tribe sessions ago, I came across the scripture, so let me share it. Ecclesiastes 10.4. Ecclesiastes 10.4 says, if the boss has a bad attitude, if the boss is angry with you, don't quit. A quiet spirit will quit. Quiet is temper, his bad temper. So, God is saying, if a quiet spirit will quiet his bad temper. So, if he has a bad temper, if he is the bad guy, you can change that by changing yourself. So, rate yourself. Um, what would people say about me? Now, no, not, not what you think. What would people say about me, about my attitude at work? If people say that I'm always negative, or mostly negative, it's a one. If people say I'm always positive, it's a ten. If people say it depends on our mood, it depends on his mood, you're a three. Together somewhere in between. Reach yourself. So again, the total score is going to be over (laughs) fifty. People who excel, number one, they work with enthusiasm. Number two, people who excel, sharpen their their skills. Number three, people who excel keep their word. They keep their word. Number four, people who excel, they maintain a positive attitude. And finally, number five, people who excel, they do more than expected. People who excel go the extra mile. In fact, to excel is is, is, is it's, it's, it's to go to, it's, to excel. is to go overboard. It's literally it means it means to shoot beyond the mark. That's what it means to excel. You know, back in the day when we um, we used to um, do physical education in primary school, in primary school you used to wear shorts. You know, as you know, then you have your PE uniform. Sometimes you wear a PE stuff under our uniform. So maybe your khaki shorts. It's, it's, it's really short, like this, and your PE shot reaches your knee, then what happens, the PE shot excels, <laughs> excels the, <laughs> your school uniform. And uh, for females, some of them, you know, when they used to, I don't, I don't, do they still wear shimmies? I don't know. Um, they tell them that the, the Saturday is showing under the Sunday. How do they say it? On Sunday, somehow it's an excelling that is taking place, you know, there. So that's what it really means to excel—to go the extra mile, to show face where you are not really expected, but in a positive way. In a positive way. Matthew 5:41 says, "If anybody forces you to go a mile with him," Do more. Go two miles with him. I mean, you, you know, we've, we've dealt with this um, when we, I mean, in our series, um, did Jesus really say that? Go the extra mile. And, and the picture painted here is, is, I mean, the Roman soldier, by law, can tell you to carry his gear for one mile, by law. So, you know, because they, they travel on foot sometimes, the infantry guys, and they can tell you, okay, take this gear, they find a young man, they take give him the gear, and he has to carry it. That, 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 that's the law. But Jesus is saying, if a Roman soldier gives you his gear and takes it to go one mile, after you've gone one mile, you know, you can give him back and he needs to look for somebody else. But Jesus is saying, blow his mind. Go another mile. Go the extra mile. So, as far as Jesus is concerned, the Christians should do more than the minimum requirement. As a Christian, you have to do more than the minimum requirement. If you get this, your life will change. Your work will change. Even your work with God will change. Your finances will change. God expects you to do more than the minimum requirement. Some people just think they should do the minimum requirement. No, that is the mind of the mediocre. That's not for you. Go the extra mile. Go beyond the call of duty. Go, Jesus expects you to do more than is expected. Go beyond the call of duty. Jesus wants you to put in extra effort. Remember the story of Eleazar in Genesis 24. When he there to pick a wife for Isaac. He went and he said, he prayed and he asked the young lady oh, can I have water? And she said by herself, I'm going to give you water. I'm going to give your camels water. He had 10 camels. Each camel can drink drink three gallons. So she fetched 30 gallons by herself. If the man has asked for one gallon and she has given him two gallons, she has gone the extra mile. But she went 30 extra miles. You know? And it's amazing, you know, many times we want the best from God. But you see, you have to understand that with God, God is the God of principles. You need to go the extra mile. Since she gave more than she was asked to give, she received more than she was expecting to receive. She had no idea that that would lead her to marrying the second wealthiest person in the region. Obviously, I mean, she wasn't even caring about that. She just wanted to go the extra mile. So for you and I, if you give more than you are asked to give, with God, you will receive more than you can ever imagine. That's the key. In fact, also, you know, that's the underlining principle of the governance of wealth. The government of wealth are those that are saying, okay, paying my tithe is required. That's why we we, we don't say if you want to give your tithe. Don't give your tithe. You pay your tithe. It's not yours, it's God's. All the governments of wealth go the extra mile. And because they have gone the extra mile, the God of heaven will go the extra mile for them. In the name of Jesus that's how it works. Go the extra mile because you cannot you cannot outdo God. You know, God will always outdo you. He always. I mean, I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of my life. God will always outdo you. So why are you cutting back? God will always outdo you. So rate yourself. What kind of worker am I? One one to ten. Do I do the minimum expected? Or do I do more than expected? If you do just minimum, just what is expected, you're one. If you do more than you expected, you're ten. Because people who do more excel, and people who excel do more. People who do more excel, but people who excel—they do more. The sculptor of the Statue of Liberty, you know, when the sculptor was making that statue, the detail at the feet—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's beautiful. But until years after it has been erected, could they take? Um, a chopper, an helicopter, people fly an helicopter up to see the, the head of the Statue of Liberty in, in the U.S. And the, one of the people that saw it was shocked at the detail of, that the sculptor gave to the head of the Statue of Liberty. At the time, he didn't know anybody could, would ever be able to see the head of the Statue of Liberty because it's so tall. He didn't think anybody would ever be able to. If most people will say, oh, nobody's going to see it anyway. And not do anything. And not pay attention to it. But this sculptor paid full attention to it. That years after, when people go and see it, they are amazed at the detail. But you see, the truth is that this sculptor may think nobody will see it. But even if there's no helicopter, God will see it. There are things we do that we think, oh, nobody can see this. It's fine. I'll, I'll just do a shoddy job. But you see, the truth is that it's going to be revealed one day. And when it's been revealed, that will determine how high you go. So pay attention to even those things that nobody can see. Pay attention. Because God has His own quality check. And interestingly, in 1 Corinthians 3, 13 and 15, now this is amazing, 1 Corinthians 3, 13 to 15, is what is known as the white throne room judgment. I mean, you know, um, believers, we go through that. It, it says that the quality of each man's work will be seen. It will be seen. When the day of Christ exposes it, it says, for that day's fire will reveal every man's work. The fire will test it and show its real quality. If it survives, it will receive a reward. But if it burns up, it will lose it. But he himself will be saved. Now, this is not salvation of souls. You are saved, but your work will be tried with fire. Everybody's work with fire. So, I mean, so, Jesus is not, this is, the, is, is called, theologically, the white room, room judgment is expanded upon in Revelations, you know. When your work, I know some people say, well, doesn't, you don't need to do any work. Mm-hmm. Your work will be tested with fire. You are saved, yes. You are in heaven, yes. But your work will be tested with fire. And some people's work will just... Be consumed with fire. They are hay. But I pray that your work will endure in Jesus' name. Quality work. Quality is never an accident, it is always a result of effort and intention. Quality is always a result of effort and intention. It is never an accident. If you see quality work being done, it is never an accident. Somebody is paying the price. And my dream and my heart and my vision for you, everyone, in God's favorite house is that we will have a reputation for excellence. We'll have a reputation for quality of work that even if you step into any organization, not even only in Nigeria, in the world and they say, oh, you go to God's favorite house, they're like, oh, you have the job already because we know that you will do quality work. In Jesus' name, amen. That is my heart desire and prayer. That's it. End of teaching. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.